0: Welcome to The High Road to Leadership. I am your host, Beverly Lewis, and I am so glad you're here for season three launch. That's what we're doing today. When I did my last broadcast, which ended the last season, it was called The Purposeful Pause. And I gave you reasons why it was. I was taking a break and why it's sometimes good to take a break. It's healthy to take a break. It's not good to keep your pedal to the metal all the time. You, there's a time to rest. So I did that, and in the rest, I moved. I had I uh, lived in Florida all my life, but we left Florida, established residence in the mountains of North Georgia, and it is very different. It is breathtakingly beautiful, but I have to say that There's been a daily reminder of the high road to leadership. As I've learned mountain driving, it's different than driving where there's not even a bump in the road. You know, it's a different thing entirely from driving on smooth, straight roads where you can see the horizon. Sometimes you don't know what's around the next bend when you're driving in the mountains. And, oh, they're full of bends, bends and twists and turns and up and down and all around. Kind of like life has been for all of us the last few years, right? And I've learned some very basic, elementary, but fundamentally important things about mountain driving. One is you... Keep your eyes on the road always, even if you're going slow. Even when I'm headed into the small roads into our home where there's no traffic, I don't take my eyes off the road because there's bear crossings. There's deer crossing the road. There's coyotes and foxes and all kinds of obstacles that could put a abrupt halt to my journey if I don't pay attention. So eyes on the road always. So as leaders, yeah, we always need to keep our eyes open, right? Fully wide open for what's coming our way. Uh, Whether it's good, whether it's bad, we need to be paying attention to the signs and signals. Second thing I've learned is keep both hands on the wheel. There's none of this driving with my knees, (laughs) Ha. Not that I've ever done that, of course, but, um, yeah, both hands on the wheels, 10 and two, you know, the stuff they taught me how to drive when I was 15 years old have come into play. There's no eating while you're driving. There's no looking over to the side to get a drink of water because there's so many turns in the road. All right. So eyes, you know, both hands on the steering wheel, not, not, uh, giving up or relinquishing your authority or your power to choose when you are leading is a very important principle of leadership for all of us, right? And the third thing that I have learned is how to negotiate curves. Yeah, you don't want to go into it when you see one coming up You can brake a little bit. Be sure you're not starting into it with too much speed. But it's interesting that the control is better that when you get into the middle of a curve, if you accelerate there, you're going to have better control over your vehicle. Um, This is kind of new to me with mountain driving, but you imagine the very worst thing you can do is stop on a curve because then the people that are coming behind you and the people that are coming from the other direction it's just like the worst place it's a it's not safe at all you wouldn't think of stopping in the middle of a curve and that's another lesson for leadership that i has caused me to think about you my listeners almost daily as i have had the grand adventure of learning a new area and learning mountain driving So, with all that said, I do want to say that we're going to visit some new topics. The focus of season three is going to be the skills and information that the wisdom that you need for leading well in your career. Uh, So, whether you are building a team and an organization, or whether you are a solopreneur and wanting to know what's important to people in this day and time, what's happening. Gosh, there's lots of trends. I learn new language every day. Uh, like, for example, this week, I read that the, the the number of people who are doing what's called a slash career is created a slash economy. And what is slash? It means that when you're doing more than one thing, as a career, whether you're doing something on the side to earn extra money, whether you're starting a business on the side because it creates more meaning and joy in your life and gives you something to hope for in the future, whether you're working you know, two jobs because you're splitting jobs with people. There is this whole new thing called a slash career. Frankly, it's not new to me. I've done it for years and years and years as an entrepreneur. It's not been unusual for me to have two businesses at a time, but it's an economic thing now. It's also a problem. So speaking of economic things, the the, um, great resignation of 2021 has led to, a lot of great regrets, and it seems, in 2022. Now, frankly, I don't know personally the people that are experiencing all those regrets. They say that a lot of people who jump shipped because the grass was going to be greener on the other side have found out that that isn't true. Well, guess what? I learned decades ago that the grass is greener on the side that it's getting watered and fertilized on. So that comes back into your control. You control your attitude, your mindset, your choices. There's so many things we cannot control that I think it's a true uh, joy and power to tap into what you can control. And that brings me to one of the topics that you hear me discuss a lot, which is emotional intelligence. Now, a couple Seasons back, I did an episode on three ways to improve your emotional intelligence, but today I wanted to talk about it a little bit from the standpoint of what skills do you want to develop in this season? I want to hear from you. I wish you were sitting right here in front of me, live and in person, and we were having a conversation, and I'm having a conversation with you. I'm visualizing you, and I know you're there but the only way you can really talk back to me right now is email. So I do want to make myself available. I want to hear what you want to learn about because I do have guests every other episode And you can always email me at beverly at beverlyspeaks.com. I am an executive trainer. That's what I do for a living. And I also want to hear from what you want to learn about because it helps me tailor make my proposals to those who can hire me to be sure that I'm hitting it right on the head of what people need to hear these days. I also want to invite you to get a free gift from me, a free handout so that you can kind of take an assessment of your your own, what you want to work on for your own personal development as a leader. And so there is a packing list. I call it a packing list for the leadership journal journal, or journey, not a journal. It's a leadership journey in this case. And you can go to my website at Beverly Speaks. And that is spelled, this is in the show notes, by the way, but it's spelled Beverly, B-E-V-E-R-L-Y. Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S dot com. And you go to forward slash packing list and you can uh, log in and get a free packing list that helps you take an assessment of what your strengths are, your attributes, attitudes and skills that are strengths for you right now. And it gives you a chance to take a look at the one thing that you want to work on right now. Now, you might want to develop five attributes that you don't really operate in right now and know that they're necessary and important for your progression to the next step. But I do want to invite you to get that packing list. And here's here's another way to use it. One thing that's really working for me right now in my life is accountability. I'm finding that I am always accountable to other people to the nth degree. Like if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. It's super important to me. It is a core value for me to honor my word, to operate into integrity. And to me, integrity means doing what I say I'm going to do. So if I tell you I'm going to be there for an appointment, if I'm running two minutes late, I will text you and let you know. Um, I like to honor my commitments. But you know what? I have recognized that I'm not as sharp at honoring my commitment to myself. Oh, so I had a coach tell me recently in a coaching session that is a that is a form of lack of self-respect and I was like what you know because I never would have called it that but she said if you don't honor your commitment to what you said you would do for you it is a lack of self-respect so I I was kind of taken aback by that and I said well how do I fix that she said accountability would be a good place to start be accountable for what you said you're going to do for you But you have to be accountable to somebody else for that because you're really good at that. So now here's where I want to say a a, a way to use this leadership assessment, this packing list for what you're good at and what you're not so good at, what you're going to work on is to tell your team, whether your team is your husband, whether your team is, your direct reports at work, whether whoever your team is, what if you give them your list? What if you keep, did you do this packing list? You decide what you're going to work on, particularly the top three things, but this week or this month, so let's just keep it to one. And you keep that in front of you every day. And you invite your team to score you on a scale of one to 10. For 10, you did, you did really good at that this week. One, not so much. Maybe you want to take their, to ask them to uh, rate you monthly rather than weekly. But what if you ask for somebody else to give you direct feedback to how you're doing with improving that attribute? Oh, that's a game changer. It is for me because I'm doing it. And I'm, and I like grades. I'm not, I'm, I, the one to 10 is great with 10 being high, but I was always, I was obsessed with A's, which is not necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying you should be, but I like A's. So I score myself on an A, B, C, D, E, not E, A, B, C, D, F. And I, F's are completely, D's and F's are unacceptable in my world completely. So I do that. And I'm, I'm, it's helping me to grow in this new season. And I wanted to give you that as a tip and suggest that it might help you too. Now, I just want to spend a few minutes today talking about one of my favorite subjects. And one of my favorite subjects is the subject of emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence, as you all know, is the ability to recognize your own emotions and to self-manage your own emotions and to recognize the re- emotional responses of others so that you can use that information to get better at your relationship skills, especially managing a ra- relationship conflict. Now, one of the reasons why you want to pay attention to these things, there's a lot of reasons, but one thing, and I, you've heard this from me before, so this is a review for those of you who were with me on other seasons, is that your ability to have, to, to develop your emotional intelligence is an indicator of your salary. People who earn, who have high EQ, EQ, not IQ, tend to earn an average of $29,000 a year more annually than those people who score with average or lower EQ. EQ is responsible for 58% of professional success, regardless of job category. And of all the workplace skills a person can, can, can possess, none, none, none is more impactful than EQ. Not to mention that 90% of top performers in any industry score high on emotional intelligence. Now, once again, the great news is it can always be improved. So a couple of things I'll just review with you today. I think it's so interesting that if you want to have high EQ, if you operate from a place of kindness and love, that is the best start. And that used to sound cheesy in a business setting, but everybody is needing more kindness. They are saying that in HR circles, which is human resources, of course, those people who are in charge of the well-being of employee, employees in an organization, one of the highest concerns right now in 2022 is the mental health and the safety, the emotional safety of their workers. Everybody's concerned about that. Well, that has everything to do with kindness and being kind to other people. It has everything to do with emotional intelligence. And it's just interesting to me that, that there's a greater need for it right now. I, I kind of surveyed a small group of executives this week personally and said, do you think people are doing better with developing EQ, that they're, they're staying the same? or they're they're doing worse. I personally think people are doing worse at it. And I was very surprised at their consensus was that people appear to be doing better, but it is not authentic. It's more based on what they think their expectations are. And it's not because they're actually doing better, which, it just kind of was a tilt for me because that means that people are being inauthentic, which authenticity is kind of a basic foundational aspect of true emotional intelligence. Quick history though, Daniel Goleman helped put emotional intelligence on the map back in 1995 when he published a book on the subject. The researchers, actually, I won't go into all their names and all the research, but back in 1990 is really when it hit the radar of science. Kind of like now that happiness, the psychology of happiness is now an actual area of psychology, Now, emotional intelligence is recognized by every major university, educational institute, and even scientists around. It's something that can be measured. It's something that's very, very real. And in Daniel Goleman's uh, uh, writing about it, he talks about there are four Quadrants. And as I just review briefly these quadrants, I'm going to invite you to think about, and I can, I will put a link, by the way, in the uh, show notes of a test that you can take online. I'm not sure that it's a real accurate test because it's based on being simple and easy for anybody to take, but it does give you a score in these four quadrants, which will help you remember what they are. The first one is self-awareness. This is emotional self-awareness. It's tied into your self-confidence, um, And your ability to recognize your own emotions and why they are erupting. (laughs) But the second part of that quadrant is self-management. The ability to manage those emotions and say, okay, I'm really angry right now, but I'm going to step back. I'm going to count to 10. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to choose to put some space and allow myself to cool down before I respond to this person. Because if we do this now, it's going to be bad, right? That's the self-management. The third quadrant is social awareness. This is like your ability to uh, tap into people's nonverbal communication and actually discern how people are really feeling. And this is really important. Um, and it's important then to move into the fourth quadrant, which is relationship management and know how to not only recognize it, but how to build teams, build collaboration, overcome conflict and use change and what could be considered um, conflict as a catalyst to bring forth good things. That's relationship management at its best. And that's the fourth quadrant. So I'm going to encourage you to take this test as well, to go to the show notes, get the link, take the test, because it's going to help you to know what you want to work on yourself. I am just getting started and yet 20 minutes has already gone by. So this is what I'm going to do. I am going to, once again, invite you to give me feedback, to email me at beverly at beverlyspeaks.com about what you want to hear, what you want to learn as we enter season three of the High Road to Leadership. I'm also going to give you a thank you and an offer that I think is of great value because I had so much fun doing it. I wrote a book called Win From Within, The Heart of Success and Significance that it's dealing with core values. It's dealing with basic things. um, It's in storytelling form. So I think it's really easy to read, which was one of my goals in writing a business book that people would actually not only start up and pick up and begin to read, but they would finish reading but I recorded it on audio. The audio is not available on Amazon. On Amazon, you can get the book and you can get the Kindle version. But I'm going to give you a free access to the audio of this book. So hopefully, if, if you're a podcast listener, you tells me that you like audio and that's going to be worth something to you. So you can go to beverlyspeaks.com forward slash free book to get that. That's a gift to you, my listeners. I am excited you're here. I wanna hear from you. I want this to be a conversation. I love the journey. As I said, it's kinda like both hands on the steering wheel, eyes on the road. Let's be excellent at creating a world that is better than the one that we're in right now. And God only knows it needs to be better. And we can make a difference there's always hope. There's, you have gifts that no one else has in this world. Your impact is needed and it makes a difference. And you know, I'm going to leave you with one of my very favorite things to say, and that is the best is yet to come. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for being here today.